Look, Frank and I caught a greyhound on the Hudson River line. The Infused Show is in a New York state of mind. It's the Javits Center. It's Manhattan. It's day one of CWCB Expo. And I am honored to have Tiffany from Shoki Beverage Corp. sit down with me today. Tiffany, how you doing? Glad to be here and be with you today. Oh, I'm so happy to have you here. Uh, a, a, you know, someone who was born in the great Empire State of New York, originally oh, yeah. from Brooklyn, the Republic of Brooklyn. Oh, All right, very nice. <laughs> uh, and coming back here is it, it, what? What's your experience been like on day one of this this particular show? Oh, it's been a lot of fun meeting so many great operators from outside the state. Yeah, meeting some great new hopefuls, those who are already you know thinking about their application process, individuals that have wonderful ideas. You know, um, building community. This is what it is. You know, in cannabis, we are such a tight knit space. You know, someone always knows your name, <laughs> and you yeah. always make friends one way or another. Yeah, and that's the cool thing about coming back to these shows. I feel like uh, like oh, I can't wait it's to see so and so. It's always a reunion, <laughs> and and when you talk to people that don't have the uh, absolute privilege to work within this space, I don't think they understand that it's like, no, 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 it's much more of a community than an industry. Absolutely. I mean, it's, Absolutely. it's everyone has an industrial mindset. We have great movers and shakers. It's a lot um, of collaboration. A lot of collaboration. Out the gate. Yeah. Um, I will say that, you know, when I was thinking about the early years of Shoki as a brand, you know, there were so many folks we leaned on to help with packaging, to help with flavor profiles, great parties that we threw, and folks would just show up and want to support. Yeah. You don't get that in every industry. You so. don't. <laughs> you don't. Not every industry like lets you let your hair down, so to speak, in that sense, and still be productive and still come up with great ideas and collaborations, but I, got, I feel like I got ahead of the game. Productive take, stoners! Take me, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Take me, uh, tell me the origin story. What, what, how did you, you begin your journey into the, uh, yeah. for founding this company? 2017, I get in a flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I uh, head over to Accra, Ghana, where I would later meet my future co-founder, Georgia Huesi. Um, I was um, worked about maybe 26 weekends that year, so I went to Ghana to spray champagne for my nipples. Like, I wanted to have a good time. I came from the B2B sector. Okay. Selling legal services for a living. Oh, man. <laughs> Mostly M&A, energy infrastructure, project finance stuff, and so I spent most of my career helping middle-aged white men make a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> so that year in particular, I was done, and I wanted to just get away and have a good time. I had no idea I'd come home with a business plan. Wow. So um, at the time, George was making these beautiful, just indigenous fruit juices and, you know, adding some alcohol, making it fun, serving it to friends. It was so gorgeous that my wheels just started spinning. And I'm like, imagine selling this in a market. And what if we didn't use alcohol? What if we, like, pumped it up with something else? Yeah. And then, again, we just started talking. He's like, well, Tiff, do you know anything about drink selling? And I'm like, no, but I... <laughs> Like, if I can sell lawyers, I can sell anything. Absolutely. So, <laughs> why not, right? And so I had to put a plane. That was 2018 by the time I got back to New York. And I jumped on a plane to then Denver, talking to some wine friends that I have. And um, the rest has been a wild ride of history. Kissed a few frogs in Colorado, Nevada, <laughs> you know. Landed in California. We finally got a license and just kind of re-outfitted a kitchen and got our pilots going. Wow. And focused on just the same flavors where this dream started. You know, just the, the diaspora. My family's from Barbados. And so you got the pineapple gingers and you got yeah. this beautiful ruby spice known as sorrel or so below if you're from West Africa. And you said, you know what, we're going to pump that with some cannabis. Let's just see where it goes. And wow. it's been amazing. We were laughed out of boardrooms back then. Flowers king, nothing else can ever compete. Drinks are, are, are shit. They're going anywhere. Oh, yeah. Okay. Stay yeah. tuned. <laughs> I see this work in yeah. the legacy market. I've watched it just mm-hmm. build. People just galvanize around it. It's easy. It's approachable. It's fun. Sure. 
why the hell not? Yeah. And so, you know, what happens when, you know, when you're an early mover is you got those who just don't believe yet. But stay the course. Visions, keep it clear. Make it plain. Oh, stay the course. Absolutely. And if you look at, at the figures from even the last eight months. Talk to me. Beverages, boom. Talk I mean, to it, me. It's at the top. I mean, and I think as new uh, kind of curious people want to come in and I want to see maybe maybe an edibles for me. I, I think beverages are going over really well with people that are new to cannabis oh, because you can trust the dosing. You know, it, it's it's yes, uh, it's almost like the perfect package for for newbies. Uh, oh yeah, look, we we always pride ourselves. We want you in the driver's seat. Yeah. And one thing about beverage, especially if it's a moderately dosed product, you can cut it down. You can add a little ginger ale, some seltzer water, and really make it your own. Yeah. And you can control your buzz. I mean, yeah. that level of control builds a confident consumer. A confident consumer is someone who can walk in and actually buy something that they love and come back for again. Again, that's the kind of industry we want, where folks are getting what they need, and as brands are able to stay profitable and make a little money, and of course expand and provide good service. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's got to be, it's only it's only fitting that you're talking about your story, your company story too, is, is very multicultural from beautiful cultures. Oh, thank you have you, thank beautiful, you. beautiful packaging as well. I should have bought the bottles over. Man, uh, I think the drinks are even better. No. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we uh, when we launched the jellies line, the, uh, again, I was saying bougie gummies, um, just really gorgeous pate de fruits was, we want them to be reminiscent of the same cocktails that we enjoy, just yeah. de-alkalized. So uh -huh. the Negroni has, you know, a some Campari gin vermouth, uh. you know, the alcohol removed, and we just pumped it up with some really great hemp cannabinoids. And said, so, you know what? It's a party in your mouth, you know? Certainly. And it looks great on a bar cart. Yes! It looks <laughs> win, wonderful. Win. It looks wonderful. You know, it's funny, we just uh, graduated to smaller format packaging because most folks just want to have it on the go. Yeah. And so, as long as we kept it, again, staying true to the brand, gorgeous hand-designed elements and flavors that just are just so much fun and shareable. Yeah. That's all we're trying to do, bring quality products that actually taste good. Yeah, <laughs> it tastes good, and, and you know what else this does, too, is one thing that we always talk about on our other episodes of Infused is, you know, we work to end the stigma surrounding this plant that so many of us love. I think that your the look of your products, the thought behind it, that's got to help it's got to help us in the stigma. It's it's normalizing yes. things and br and just bring a normal thing. We like to have a glass of wine. We like to have an edible. <laughs> exactly. Like have, you know, so in a way, I you should are not feel like I'm pulling literally a shoebox from under a mattress. I'm hiding it from my kids. I'm feeling so guilty as I'm enjoying this indulgence. And it's like, wait, what? Why do I have to feel guilty about this? As long as it fits into my lifestyle, so long as I feel like I'm well, I'm able to share it with someone else, why not? And I think all products are kind of leaning into that right now. And honestly, you know, especially with the edible side, you know, when you're thinking about your lifestyle and what you put out into your living room, right? Yeah. You need to be able to go with the colors, you need to go with the mood, with the ambiance, which is what I think a lot of the brands are really getting a handle on now. How do I fit into your world? I'm not trying to make you fit into mine. And yeah. that shift in the conversation is hard because folks, again, the stigma is these are stoners and everyone wears, you know, again, get me wrong. I mean, get me wrong. I love a tie-dye shirt, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, these are folks who are going to be going to work nine to five. They're going to be, you know, they want something they can actually put in a cute gift box for a bridal shower or, yeah. you know, a birthday party. What makes it special? And yeah. those are the things that are going to help normalization. And again, when I take it in five hours, am I going to feel okay? Right. Am I going to still be on Venus? No, no, no. I want to be in the driver's seat at all times. Yes. So that's what we hope to promise and other brands too. It's got to serve a, a, a great, a, a, I guess, what's the right way to put this? I was reading the other day about uh, demographics in the cannabis space that are historically underserved. One of them, for some ridiculous reason, is women. Oh. And, and I'm looking at women who 
buy uh, a greater variety and tend to be very loyal to brands they trust yes. and brands that, that, that do what you do and have appealing look. Yeah, you know, I think the extreme of what this industry was once upon a time was, oh, sex sells, or everything sexy is now defined as, you know, bikini and, and someone who wears a size two. And that is not what sex appeal is no. for the modern woman. And so sexy is confidence. Sexy is a vibe where Absolutely. I look in the mirror and I'm happy with what I see and who I am. Absolutely. Right? And so the products that help celebrate that, celebrate my uniqueness and all of its glory and whatever that looks like and how I define it is who I'm going to stick with. That's sexy. Yes, it and is. brands having to figure that part out is, again, again, you know, it doesn't have to be huge budgets, but listen to what the hell your consumers want. What are they looking for? What do they want to see? Exactly. And that's what matters. Absolutely, yeah. it matters. Can you tell me about, did, did you design your logo, your shirt? Everything oh, is yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. So, it, from the font, the script. Okay, it's, I can't take full perfect. credit for this, you know. <laughs> Go <it>. ahead. <laughs> A really wonderful friend of my family, actually, Lourdes de la Cruz. She's an oil painter from uh -huh. Spain. And so when I was telling her about the vision, where we were at, what we were trying to do, how we started, she was so inspired by what we were trying to accomplish. She said, I see it. All right, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to paint it, what I think it should look like. And then we reimagined what she painted into a digital file and have been reworking it and making it beautiful ever since. Wow. Yeah. And so. So inspired by your story. But it is. It's an inspiring story. That's how we come up with it. That's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I appreciate you. And then, you know, coming with the digital version, shout out to Amy Collier. She's a fantastic writer and a wonderful graphic artist. She said, hey, Tiff, you know, do you want a marijuana leaf? And I'm like, no. I want some. I want an angel with wings. Uh, and she said, well, let's figure out how that looks like put together. And yeah. here we are. Shoking. Yeah. Shoking and it stands out, though. It's striking. It's gorgeous. And it stands out. And yeah, who needs another just leaf logo? Yeah. You know? we, just want, we just want to be the ultimate guides. You are in the driver's seat. We just want to show you some directions. Make a left here. Make a right there. Try this. And Love you it. decide. You know? Love it. Love it. Now, where where can people find you? Where are you operating? Yeah. So right now, our products are actually sold out in California. As wow. A few congratulations. Ago. Yeah. Good problem to have for a short term. For a short term. <laughs> sure. Uh, but um, we are currently fundraising, and we also have an active crowdfund campaign that brings consumers into the story, joining us at the table. And so they have an opportunity to own a little bit of Shoki as we continue to scale with, for larger investment monies. And so that's happening as we speak. Mm -hmm. TribeShoki.com. You can actually find what stores we're in right now. Um, and also, of course, if you're at CWCBE, we've got some fun, just CBD regular stuff. We've got some really great uninfused sampling. Stop by the booth. <laughs> Stop by the booth. I'm going to be stopping by the booth. I Come think. on, you I'm better. Already, I'm already. <laughs> We're family. Okay. I'm excited. I hope so. This has been an absolute pleasure talking with oh, you, Tiffany. Pleasure. You're it's you're mine. A beautiful soul inside and out. And right thank you, you for being in the driver's seat during this little uh, episode of Infused with us. I hope I didn't behave too badly. <laughs> <laughs> you were fantastic. I appreciate Let's you Let's so talk much. next time, okay? Yes, sir. All you right. got it. Thanks. I know what I'm needing. I don't want to waste no time. I'm in a New York state of mind on the Infused show. Day one at the Javits Center CWCB Expo. I am honored uh, to speak with the gentleman next to me. Brock Rice is here from Starbucks. Brock, welcome. How are you doing, brother? I'm doing well, bud. Really How are you? exciting. It's an exciting time here. You know, we got a lot of energy back. It's good to be outside of the COVID mix and get people back into the same group. So, Were you like me missing like events like this oh, in particular? No question. Because it, our industry, you know, it, sur it didn't just survive COVID. Right. I mean, we did well in cannabis. Mm -hmm. uh, designating it, uh, you know, an essential business was huge. Right. But missing events like this, missing the chance to connect with people. We were just talking off air about uh, a Spokane connection. I mean, I, I 
I missed it like hell, man. Yeah, no, I agree, man. It's just like part of the ecosystem, you know, and that's probably one of the best things about the cannabis industry is the networking and the, the individuals that really make it up because it's all the OG people that have built this industry for the last 20, 30 years, you yeah. know? So when you look back at some of these things, it's like when this goes away, you miss just the connections and the networking, and this is what really leads to the real business. So It, it truly does. It does. You know, it's like even this is a great example of it. Like we had no connection prior, and now all of a sudden this will be something where we're able to get connected and have a bunch of synergies, and that comes Absolutely. from an event like this. You know? No, yeah, and then you, you find yourself looking forward to the event and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see Brock. I'm going to see this. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I don't think people get – they know that we throw around the, the term communal or community, but right. they just don't get it unless you're part of this. No, that's the thing is once you get in the ecosystem, it's a whole different caliber. And, yeah. and like to feel the energy changes everything about how business transactions done with all the Zoom conversations and yeah, things like yeah. that. I mean, shit, for me, two years of the Zoom <laughs> conversations was just about enough. <sighs> I was ready to cancel my subscription immediately. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm ready to be back no, in the world. I'm so glad you're sitting in front of a live mic with me. I'm excited about Tell it. me then uh, if you be so kind how did you get into the ecosystem here yeah so actually like about six years ago now i got connected through my digital marketing company uh to a guy named matt morgan and he was kind of one of the biggest players in the game he had a bunch of history with companies like reef dispensaries bloom okay. dispensaries he helped bolzerian build ignite um, and so he was one of the most prominent players in the game my specialty was the branding side of it um, but I, I was really kind of just a purebred operator for a long time. And so he kind of took me under his wing, showed me a lot of different things within the industry itself. Um, and I just kind of fell in love with the, the networking component of it. I fell in love with the ecosystem of the people involved. And so I kind of progressively got myself to a place where I was working with a lot of different big cannabis companies and, and kind of just pairing up with entrepreneurial moguls like Matt. And so, you know, just over the years got closer and closer to the industry. And now I found my way to some companies, um, one of which you mentioned Starbuds mm -hmm. is a company I'll be onboarding with with some news coming out pretty soon um, about kind of an executive role with that company. And that'll be um, really exciting because come June 8th now, we're going to be uh, announcing some pretty big news that will allow us to do some crazy things throughout the Canadian market and, and then hopefully some big things in the States where we're launching some flagship stores and, and kind of open up some real culture components to what's going on within the cannabis industry. Wow. So I'm, I'm really excited for it because I think the industry is just now growing. We've been talking a lot about the metaverse and, and some of these things, how they're going to come in and kind of join forces to make the cannabis industry more accessible to people. Yeah. And so that's really what I'm excited about that's coming soon. Wow. So within the space of a week, we're going to have some big, big news coming from you. Yeah, no question. And we're going to stay connected because I, I, I'm definitely looking forward to, to watching your moves in this space. It's really, really cool. Again, speaking to this community aspect, you, right. you had somebody that could mentor you right away right. and kind of bring you along. I, I don't find that in every business. Yeah, you know? no, man. I think it's one of the best, most valuable things like any young entrepreneur, young business owner can take away from something like this is go find somebody who's really done it and that's willing to actually show you what it looks like to be the guy, you know, to actually go out and build things of this caliber because once you see it, you know, it's like what we were talking about with this ecosystem. Once you see it, it's easy to emulate. It's easy to go create it if you're really wired for it. So, I mean, I think it's one of the biggest components to actually being successful within the space or within any industry, really, Truly. is you got to get in somewhere with somebody who knows 
those. And, you know, you got the, they got to have the blueprint because if you don't have the blueprint, it's going to be kind of a tough path to go pave yourself. You yeah. Know? And they have to be gracious enough to allow you access to yeah, that blueprint. 100%. <laughs> and, and that's the thing is you got to go add value to these people. To be sure, honest, it's the yeah. biggest reason I had a media entity in the first place, you know, only because it adds so much value to anybody that receives content or things of that nature. It can get me connected to almost anybody in any vertical. So that was a big component of kind of how to climb the ranks and everybody kind of finds their own way to do that. Yeah. Um, but that was a big piece of the puzzle for me is to kind of figure out how to make that ecosystem come to life for me and get in some doors because I had almost zero affiliation to anything with even in the business ecosystem, but definitely without not in the cannabis world. Yeah. So it was a pretty important way for me to kind of get through some doors and then build some things and, and progressively got us to here. Yeah. Well, yeah. getting us to here is one thing. And, <laughs> and a guy who's originally from uh, Washington State. Yeah. Does this allow? I imagine you're not in one space for very long. Are you on no. the road like 24 7? Yeah, my man? I travel a lot. I, I like being a home based guy. Um, yeah. It's nice to have some Midwest. And that's the thing like the kind of guys that I'll work with are guys with a small town feel and small town values. Yeah. And then, yeah. um, you know, they're out building things on a big stage. And so for me, those are some of the most important things to kind of target is finding guys with real values. And like Matt, one of the guys we just addressed, is yeah. that way. He's from Montana as well. So it's just like. Same kind of thing. Kind of the same mindset. Yeah, small town values, but just kind of build the right way and then yeah. uh, get around the right people, you know? Right. And those people tend to kind of look out for one another. Yeah, exactly. And, and Real loyalty. Absolutely. That's where you want to be. I think a lot of people want to be uh, in the New York area as far as what's been happening for right. the past two years. Now, I know New York's going to take a little bit longer to actually get out of the gate. Mm-hmm. Jersey, what was it, uh, April 21st. This is a pretty exciting uh, area of the country right now. Right reason you're here yeah it's changing a lot right now and i think we're going to see like rapid growth throughout the industry as a whole you mm-hmm. know and it's going to be kind of one big sweep as to when we're going to see all these companies get um, a recreational license and then we're going to start seeing all these different states pop up and it's going to just kind of do a drastic shift from what we've been looking at right now which is like a progressive load of adding states and stuff so yeah i think things are going to change pretty rapidly but yeah we're out here kind of networking with a lot of the east coast guys and there's some exciting things happening on this front i know we're out in miami a lot so there's a lot going on but it's pretty exciting times for cannabis because like, we're kind of on the forefront of the industry if you really look at it. it no, big time. And it's it's two markets in particular. There's a lot of people joining us uh, at this particular convention from New Jersey. Uh, a lot of people, of course, from the, the great Empire State. And these are two cannabis cultures that have been waiting and waiting and waiting for right. this shot. And, and look, there's a lot of wrongs that we have mm-hmm. to right from the past. We know that in right. both of these areas. But there's an energy to the cannabis community on the East Coast now that I don't even think existed yeah. 10, 15 years ago. No, I agree completely. And I think that's just a reflection of the shift in the market. You know, yeah. everybody's starting to understand the value of the space. Um, and then just New York getting behind. I mean, it's not far behind the cannabis market. You know, it's catching up. There's a lot of different forms of dispensaries here yeah. um, and a lot of different marketplaces. But, <laughs> you know, as things get uh, recreationally licensed out here, it, it's, it'll be a big transition into some pretty exciting things out here, I think. For, for sure. As far as our industry, uh, Brock, where do you see things going? Where do you where do you see yourself in the next five years? Yeah, I think it's super interesting to think about as we see this crossroad between the cannabis industry and the metaverse world, um, something that basically is just predicated on convenience. Yeah. And so when you look at how all these major industries have shifted over the last few years, it's just changing to consumers being able to place orders and do things over um, metaverse-type ecosystems. And so people get all this hype word of the metaverse, but basically it's just providing convenience. And it's providing a consumer front 
forward-facing industry where you can go into a, a whole world and see different products and engage with different things. And so when you look at it, the industry as a whole, it's just going to change everything about how it functions. People are going to have convenience, and then you're going to be able to get in the metaverse and order a product, and next thing you know, it shows up at the house 30 yeah. minutes later because it's distributed through one of the partners. You know, So it's a pretty exciting time, and I think you're going to see a lot of crossover with like the hip-hop industry, the music industry. Um, and so for us... I think probably some of the biggest things will be seeing how that coexists with big events and concerts and things yeah, of that nature that bring yeah. people together, but also coexist well with the cannabis space. So I think that's kind of our focus is, is taking it to the next level of what does the future really hold for cannabis in the space yeah. and then trying to really help people um, get the product because that's what it's really about is just connecting people to the cannabis. Right, right. And it's, it's so funny, Brock. I was having a conversation earlier. Uh, we did an episode of the, of the full show in the morning. Right. And it, it really did touch upon this. We're talking about it, it's a bit of a pain point for take a place like a dispensary. We work with a lot of smaller ones in the state of Oklahoma. Right. They'll say it's a, it, you know, ah, we don't have the manpower, we don't have the bandwidth to set up online ordering or do something like this. And right. I'm like, like, man, y- you got to do it now because, like you said, it, it's a world that's going to be dictated by convenience. Yep. You're right. Spot on. And so I think that's, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. If anybody listening that's on the forefront of cannabis, like, you're on a time horizon because of the fact you got big pharma, you got big companies coming in to make a huge play here pretty soon. As soon as there's a big pot to be grabbed, they're going to yeah. get involved. And so when you look at the infrastructure of the industry, it's like you got a short time horizon here to get yourself up to date so that you can provide consumers real convenience. Yeah. And if you can't do that, you're going to get missed in this industry because all of a sudden big money is going to come in and the guys out here scrapping to build these companies, it's going to be a totally different battle here in about five years. So I think it's pretty interesting to look at, but there's a ton of different factors that are going to play a big role in how this thing shifts. And so I think people that are kind of paying attention to that are going to be ahead of the game. So, so in your opinion, as long as the, the, the person entering the space is thoughtful and planning, there's going to be room for little guys, you yeah, think? Yeah, no question I think there is, especially if you're playing in some of these local markets. Like, yeah. it, it's going to become like liquor stores, you know, where yeah. you, you need them everywhere. Uh-huh. The biggest ones can't be all over the country. You know, but the big markets are going to get taken up by the big dogs. Absolutely. Unless you're a very strategic player in the game, you know. So it's an interesting market to look at, but I think it's going to happen rapidly. Yeah. And especially with the influx of tech right now, it's just going to be, and especially when people start really diving into the valuable repercussions of cannabis, it's just far outweighs its counterparts in alcohol and things of that nature. So. I just think the the industry as a whole is going to evolve very quickly, and people are going to be surprised to see the value of the market here pretty quick. Big time, big yeah. time. As the as the market evol- evolves, excuse me, yeah. talking a little too much today. I love it. It's been um, how has has normalization changed in your lifetime as far as ending the stigma around this plant? We, we've pretty grown by leaps and bounds from right, when no I question. was a young guy. No question. That's what's actually kind of crazy is like, and, and to be honest, my generation's kind of on the forefront of this being socially accepted, I yeah. think. And so that's that's going to be a little bit of a pivot as well. It's like, it's not going to be this like hidden thing where, you know, people think it's like some kind of negative deal. It's, it'll be like drinking alcohol. You can have a cocktail out at night, you know, different things, totally different social ecosystem. Totally. And so yeah. I think you're spot on. It's changed so much, but once that stigma goes away, it's a totally different ballgame because people need to understand there's serious health positives behind cannabis. Uh And you can go look at things like alcohol and all these other hard drugs, and there are 
very strong negatives. Oh, big time. You know, so I think just when you're looking at the health side alone, this is a huge factor when you're looking at how fast this industry can scale. I mean, it's why we started from a medicinal standpoint and now we're transitioning into this totally different ecosystem of recreational because they understand that the repercussions are far from what you know the other things are yeah yeah it's it's and kudos to everybody who's advocating and educating and helping us do this and so now we have organizations set up to give our veterans cannabis instead of five pills pop down their throat which god knows what that's exactly no and i support that 100 percent. honestly it's a big part of my mission it's a big part of why i'm even involved in the space or why i even said yes to being on the front face of any brand because I was always kind of more mindset on being on the back end and being an operator. Yeah. I didn't know if I wanted to carry the weight of having a brand, but you know, to be honest, I heard one of my guys I actually look up to like kind of tell me that if you want to go make real impact, you got to be able to be in front of the camera. And so to me, that was kind of the push over the edge to be like, all right, we got to go actually build something here and do this. My man, you, you're an impressive, impressive individual Thank you. for, I appreciate for accomplishing it, what you've had in this space of time. It. And I appreciate you being uh, sitting down with me. Can we follow you? Uh, how, do, how do people follow you? Yeah, Instagram, brockbrands.eth. Um, you can get a hold of me pretty much anything through there. And then, yeah, you'll see. Uh, you'll be seeing some stuff here pretty quickly. I think it'll be, it'll be easy to find me after a few days here. Brock, I'm really excited for you, for your appreciate future, it. and I'm really grateful for you for your time. Thank so you. I appreciate thanks for joining it. me, it was man. great to meet you. Man. All right, bud. All right, have a great day. You too. It's the Infuse Show, tripping the light fantastic on the sidewalks of New York. Well, we're not on the sidewalks anymore. It's a lot cooler, a lot cooler in the Javits Center here at day one of CWCB Expo. And I am absolutely thrilled uh, to be joined by our guest at this time. Uh, I want to introduce you to my new man, Will JSB, the Jewish Sauce Boss, has joined us. Will, welcome to the Infuse Show. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, brother. Dude, I, I'm so uh, appreciative of you for your time. I know you were here earlier talking with our team, and everybody's like, got to talk to this guy. He's great. Um, and, I, and I said, who? And he said, the Jewish Sauce Boss. And I said, whoa, how did you get the moniker, Will? Uh, well, listen, I tried to marry what I love. Okay. Um, being Jewish, there's a, there's a saying called tikkun olam, which means repair the world. And I see cannabis as an opportunity to, to help with that. Uh, you know that that thought process of repairing the world, and we yeah. can use a lot of repair right now. Oh, you better believe um, it. THC was discovered in Israel by a scientist named Raphael Meshulam, legend, still alive, still doing amazing work with cannabis. So there's a lot of a lot of beautiful tie-ins to Judaism and cannabis. A lot of history. We got a great blog on our website, written by one of the best cannabis writers named Madison Margolin, that breaks down Jewish sauce boss and its essence and what it means. Um, but Jewish is really the values of life that I've married into the brand. Sauce is the word I used for cannabis back in the day when <laughs> I was young with my homies. And boss is, you know, hip-hop culture. I love hip-hop culture. So what did I marry? My values as a person, which you know, ties into you know, my religion and beliefs. Sauce is weed. Love weed. <laughs> I love weed. And uh, hip-hop culture is a big part of what, you know, developed my personality and swagger and just how I approach the world and show up. So that's this, in essence the name in, in, in a short story. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that too. And I love that pleasure. that idea of repairing the world. It, it's so fun to share this. Every day when I get done uh, I feel lucky enough to be able to exercise and I say that, that constant mantra of let me help heal this world if yes. I can. Because uh, it's in desperate need of healing. Uh, in, in terms of that and, and healing, tell us a little bit about what you do. I'd love to. So Jewish Sauce Boss is my lifestyle brand. So I focus on my lifestyle brand, which can contribute to me being of service and providing value to the cannabis community, to the business community, to the patient community, 
you know, really to anyone I can, I can offer my services to. Um, so with being a consultant, I'm here. I'm here to help. Uh, I really enjoy that side of my business within the lifestyle brand and, you know, all the offshoots of it. You know, we work with amazing operators on some of the legacy side of the market where people need support. We've been doing this and got us where we are. Yeah. And as we usher in this new legal model, adult use and, you know, say goodbye to prohibition, hopefully. hopefully. Um, but, you know, we still need to get people out of jail. So, you know, I'll table that, but we got to get people out of jail because yeah. people are making money and we still got a lot of good humans suffering for no reason. So we really, we really got to fix that. No doubt. Outside of that, medical marijuana is somewhere I found myself being from Pennsylvania, starting my brand in Philadelphia, and almost aligning myself with the growth of the medical program in PA. Okay. So with that, I saw holes in the market. I saw opportunities, right? I'm an entrepreneur, so I aim to solve problems and help people. You know, that's uh -huh. the name of the game. So I'm a patient. I got my card, and it was a crazy process. The doctors were weird. They were shady. They made people uncomfortable. All this shit. So we did it better, you know, just like anything else. Like, I wasn't the first. I'm not going to be the last. But we did it better. We did it our way. Um, and, and we're doing very well. So medical marijuana, Pennsylvania and New Jersey, both states across the whole state, we get you your medical marijuana card. We've helped thousands of people get this card. And it's an honor to, to be able to have done that, right? Yeah. I don't take it lightly. The only thing I care about is the end user. Whether right. you're using my platform to get a med card, whether I can bless you with a delicious edible product or whatever it might be, I care about the end user. I care about you right now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm talking to you. I care about us right. having a dope talk. So for me, that's how I base my ethos of life is the end user. Okay. Yeah. So that is what I do with medical marijuana. We care about the end user. So we, we, we looked at the market, we analyzed it, and we built out our system, which is called jsbcertifications.com. Okay. Telemedicine. All things, all resources that you would need to get a medical marijuana card in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. I'm grateful that we're going to be at Cure Relief Dispensaries in Belmar, New Jersey. Wow. June 9th, tabling, setting up, talking to the patients. It's something we do as a business mm -hmm. to help the patients work with the dispensaries, the growers, the manufacturers to make sure that they get support, what they need, you know, if their renewal's coming up or if they have friends or family that need the support or maybe their doctor fell off. There's all kinds of stories. But right. lifestyle branding, consulting, medical marijuana, Will Edelstein, Jewish sauce boss, that's what I do. Will, can I ask you about that, that end user um and maybe a prospective end user are these people i think when, when something involves a process some people just get intimidated by the process and is that what you find a lot of with yeah. people getting cards that's the thing you know just the idea sometimes you get your medical marijuana card can make you feel a little uneasy yeah you know and then you could have a doctor or a health care network that doesn't support your decision to look at a plant-based therapy for some reason. And, you know, plant-based therapies are beautiful. Yeah. You know, there's going to be an opportunity where hopefully we'll consider plant-based therapy a first-line option instead of the nonsense of an alternative medicine or a or a, a secondary option. No, no, no. It doesn't make sense. No. You know, respect pharmaceuticals. I respect health care. I respect it all. There's a lot of things I don't understand that don't make sense to me, I'm sure, but there's room for all of these medications and all of these modalities to heal, right? Which is essentially what we talked about healing. 
And medical marijuana is, is a medicinal use of plant medicine. And it's, it's, it's packaged, right? Medical marijuana helps you usher in these marketplaces that are now going to become these adult use marketplaces that are going to be things like we've never seen. Yeah. You know, and I'm excited for the ride. You should be. You should be. And it, it's tough because you bring up, yeah, respect pharmaceuticals. There are pharmaceuticals uh, out there that don't have the stigma yep. attached to them that cannabis does. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of them should. Yep. We, we're battling a, you know, a decades old stigma around a natural thing that does a whole hell of a lot of good for so many people. So I can't thank you enough. You do what I call the big work, getting those people their cards that need them. And I think that's a wonderful mission. And I can tell you're passionate about it, which which has to help. I love it. I mean, sitting here with you right now, a woman just walked by as we're recording this. I saw. Who was a speaker at one of the first events I ever did. Yeah. She's an absolute legend in the industry. Yeah. And she just walked by here while we're doing it. So for me, the serendipity of this moment is the most beautiful thing in the world. I've been doing this every single day for five years. And I'm not even kidding. Wow. Every day, every minute, every second, building my brand, focused on my shit, not giving a shit what anyone thinks, never backing down, never quitting, loving myself. And that's all I got, bro. This is me. There's no one like me. There's no brand like Jewish Sauce Boss. And there's no one focused on the cannabis industry with my approach. And, and that's it. That's it. Yeah. There's nobody like you. There's nobody that, that has something like Jewish Sauce Boss that, that does so much to honor the things that they truly love and find beautiful in this world. Well so, said. again, I, I congratulate you on that. Can you talk to us about Blaze a Blaze, little bit? Blaze, yeah. Blaze is an amazing product line that has been created for the marketplace that has existed for forever okay Okay. legacy operators are the backbone of this entire industry all right which comes back to people sitting in jail for weed okay i'm not going to bullshit you this is a legacy brand this isn't meant to be in a dispensary but this is meant to be some of the best products you can find if you're someone that wants an edible okay yeah i just met a guy who has a a space and does all kinds of cool things so this marketplace that we're in new york city it's thriving. It's an unbelievable moment in time. This will never happen again. You can go to the bodega and buy an eighth of mids, okay? Trash weed, all right? Yeah. You could go walk outside and meet another dude who's doing his thing. You're in here seeing all these different operators doing their things. Yeah. And it's just like one of the most amazing moments like we've, I've ever been a part of. So Blaze is essentially here to set the standard for what products should be, how they should be consumed, the effects that it's going to give you, right. and and be something that's consistent and reliable within the marketplace as everything's coming online, because we're seeing adult use come to life. We're seeing the licenses be given out. We're seeing the applications being written. We're watching this whole thing come to life. So for me, I do what I do. I'm grateful for it. And that's all I can say. I'm grateful for everyone in my life, everyone that's believed in me, every partner I have, every loved one I have, everyone that's allowed me to be here in this moment because I, I'm, I'm able to do things that, that I'll never take for granted. Yeah. I take everything very seriously. I'm a businessman. I'm a loving man. But I don't take shit. And I'm going to be out here setting a standard in all the marketplaces, in every side, doing the work, helping people and solving problems. And I hope that that answers the question in a sense. It does answer the question. And one of the things that I really like about talking with you at this particular moment in cannabis is you have the vision that I find just wonderfully, wonderfully just, it's not just important. I think it's critical that 
the industry, as it were, is taking steps forward. We can't leave certain people behind. We can't leave legacy growers, who are the legends of this business, behind before there was a business. Mm -hmm. We can't leave those people in prison uh, behind. So you've got everything where it matters, man. And it is an absolute pleasure talking with you. Likewise. The the, uh, people who follow us are going to want to get in touch with you. And in particular, we have listeners in Jersey and Pennsylvania because our little show is from Wilmington, Delaware. So we're right down there. Love Delaware. Hey, but we've been calling it a new brand. <laughs> we're all we're all our sports teams are you know we love the Phillies, Eagles, Sixers, and, and Flyers. Yeah. How do they get in touch with you, Will? JewishSauceBoss.com. All things Jewish Sauce Boss on social media. Uh, my name is Will Edelstein. You type that into Google. But at the end of the day, you look up Jewish Sauce Boss. I'm available. I'm here to be of service. I'm here to help. And, um, you know, I appreciate anyone who's listening to this. It took the time to check us out. And, you know, I appreciate everyone here at this team making cool content. It's a great setup. And uh, I hope to support each other as we both grow in this industry and, and see a lot of cool things come to life. And, you know, maybe we'll do an interview a year from now, five years from now, and, and see how much we have grown. And, and, you know, we'll do the damn thing again. Let's pencil it in right now. Say because, less. Will, I want to say thank you for your time. Thank you for what you bring to this community, uh, and it's really important work that you do, and we're grateful for you. Likewise. Thank you, guys. I'll see you next time. It's an honor. Peace. See ya. It's day one, towards the tail end of day one at CWCB Expo here in New York City. And listen, I'm I'm thrilled that we're ending day one uh, with the gentleman here to my right, um, Eric Canori has been grateful enough to give us some of his time today. Eric, thank you for joining us on Infused. Oh, my pleasure, Mick. Nick. 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 Yeah. All right, Nick. My apologies. Everything got. Uh, everything's moving really fast here today. But this is my first on-camera interview ever. I was one of the largest high-end weed dealers on the East Coast of the United States before it ever became legal. I smuggled over three hundred million dollars worth of weed into the. From basically from between Boston and New Orleans, I had an account on every single state. I had drivers, warehouses, government never knew my name, did it without a gun, and uh, got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. They caught me with a couple million in cash. They put a GPS unit on one of my trucks, came to me, picked me up with a couple million cash, locked me up, wanted me to work undercover. I wouldn't do it. So then... Uh, after a couple of years, my lawyer comes to me in prison. He's like, you know what? They know you're a good guy. Give them the rest of your money. They'll let you go. So I went in shackles, escorted out by 20 DEA ATF agents into the woods of upstate New York, dug up $10 million worth of gold bars I had buried over the years, gave it to the government. They let me out. No joke. Google it. Dude, no, no, no. We've Googled it. And, <laughs> and the funny thing is, and I'm sure it's not funny, but, but Eric just rattles this off. It is like I just read copy for a Hollywood film. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, well, yeah, greenlit this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody really knows who I am because I haven't really come out. This is it. I was just walking by. Coincidentally, I saw a camera. I was like, fuck, well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's just tell the story. Fuck let's yeah. fucking go. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody knows yeah, who you are. Yeah. But look, um, you, you, you're, you've got to tell the story, and you've told it. So uh, talk a little bit about writing that book and, and how that was for you. It, it, was a, it was a painful, lonely process because I, I, had, I, had to, I had to sit there alone for days on end. Sometimes it would take me three hours to write three sentences because it's not a story just about drugs yeah it's a story about love acceptance pain think about all these people out here that are smoking weed at the end of the day what do they really want they want to feel good yeah they want to feel better and i and I, as a kid i had a lot of tough a lot of tough tough upbringing you know to uh-huh. say the least and i just wanted to feel good so here i am hit hit 
sure. you know, laugh a little and then go back to my reality. Yeah. And then I couldn't afford to buy weed. I couldn't even afford Taco Bell. So then I started selling weed. Yeah. And, then, and when I could afford Taco Bell, that's when I really felt like a baller. I was like, fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, you know, like that'll, that'll do the job. So basically, uh, the writing of the book was, I spent a lot of time in the woods, hiking, connecting dots, understanding how it would be relatable to the masses, people that want to feel good, people that want to fit into their tribe, people that want to belong to something and feel noticed, accepted. And a lot of things I did was for external validation. And it wasn't until I was sitting in a prison cell that I had to go inside and get like really dig deep and like look in a mirror with fucking a 99-cent Chinese prison jumpsuit on and be like, this is me, this is who I am, and this is what I did. You know? And yeah. I had to look in this scratched-up mirror sure. in a little 8 by 8 concrete cell and just be like, uh, a lot of reflections, man. So uh, when you're smoking weed, think about why you're smoking it. Oh, here's my cannabis lawyer coming through right now. This dude. Is that really him? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's uh he, he yeah, he's a good lawyer. He, he, he structured the deal, but I ended up spending seven hundred grand with those guys. Seven hundred grand for my, for legal fees between my legal fee and I hired a private investigator to investigate the DEA because the invest the DEA was investigating me. They were following me around twenty four seven like white on rice. Right yeah, after, yeah, yeah. after I got arrested, so then I hired an investigator to follow them and like get on them and try to yeah. Yo, my, Dude, I love my it. investigator was so badass. Tim Wilson. Yeah. He flew into Albany in a private jet, steps down, fucking Texas dude, cowboy, man. He's like, James Patterson actually wanted to write a book about him, but he's so OG. He's like, no, you yeah, can't. Well, how, Eric, how did you hire him? It, it sounds like the old A-team thing. If yo, you can find them, yo, you can hire them. I, I, my lawyer, I, I looked for the best lawyer in the country, and I went to Park Avenue, and I hired this guy named Michael Kennedy. He had repped a lot of mob guys, sure. Pizza Connection, like Timothy Leary. And okay, then I, okay. uh, oh, shit, man. But at the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, you hear all this stuff, dude? I've been at the bottom, just a kid with nothing. Like, I don't think I'm going to make it. Where am I going to get food? Where am I going to sleep tonight? And, like, that was the drive of never going back to a place where I don't think I'm going to make it. So, yeah. for me, a lot of my work was fear-based. Sure, Like, sure. how... Yeah, dude. Well, I, mean, I, I worked out of fear, bro. It wasn't necessarily out of passion and love, right? So yeah, now yeah. that I, now that I'm back to the table, it's kind of like how can I connect dots in something that I enjoy and bring something of value to the world? And I figured I'd walk around this cannabis expo. I, I was like, this is interesting. Weed's legal now. Yeah, it was the, it was the one thing I was going to go to, Eric. It was like, look, I know it had to be tough, like, revisiting those moments to write them down. We're talking about dark moments, painful moments for you. But coming into an industry where there's players in here who, you know, players in any industry have done horrible things and are just making money. How does it feel seeing cannabis turn into an industry when you were put behind bars? I mean, it's got to be. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I was a little ahead of the curve. I think that's where psilocybin is. Psilocybin is where cannabis was 10 years ago. Like oh, I yeah. Psilocybin's the next thing that'll become legal eventually, probably. There's a lot of benefits to it. Oh, they're doing Ashley's great Ashley's getting stuff. some nice video. I yeah. like Ashley. Ashley, let's get some nice pans over here. 
We got to get her on camera too. Um, <laughs> no, psilocybin. They're doing great things, uh, researching now with veterans with PTSD damage. I mean, that that, that should be the next. Yeah, thing. It, you just have to be careful. I haven't done that in years, but I used to do it when I was a kid. If you do it in nature in a controlled environment, yeah. there's a lot of healing properties yeah. associated with it. But um, for me, uh, uh, dude. It's my first interview. I'm tripping right now. That's okay, dude. Hey, but listen, I want to say one thing. Please. I'm real grateful that you guys put me on here, number one. Yeah. Number two, I look at all these people running around trying to get into the business, into the space. What um, do you think? Remember, you know, it's New York State. The margins are going to shrink as each year goes on. They're going to be taxing you hard, so run lean and mean. Believe in what you're doing. Hire the best employees. You're only as strong as your weakest link. Never forget that, man. I had a huge crew, and all it took was one person to bring me down. Sure. And that same thing can happen in the legal business. You oh, have yeah. to look at your whole team every day and see who's bringing value and who's taking it away. Um, other than that, we got any questions, Nick? What do you got? <laughs> I wanted to hear your story, Eric, and sit you down. And, and I, all I heard from every one of my team, Ashley included, yeah. was like, you got to sit down and talk to this guy and hear his story. And I just, I don't know. I know I talk to people who are legacy growers uh, that are kind of falling behind the wayside as big corporate you know, entities come into the cannabis space. Yeah. I talk to people that have done time uh, for, for, you know, charges that are a pittance uh, compared to other crimes. And I just, I, I don't know. It's, it's amazing sitting here with you and, and, and hearing your story. And I, I just wish you the best. I hope, you're, I hope you're in a much better space than you were, yeah, my yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm thankful every day. I eat organic food, farm to table. Um, grateful for what I have. And, you know, when you go from sitting into a prison cell out to this, it's, there's a lot of stimulation out here. So the key yeah. is don't get so overstimulated that you forget <laughs> who you are because that's it. Like, we're all going to be six feet under the ground eventually, right? True. So it's very important to stay centered and stay humble in whatever you're doing, whatever empire you're going to build, or if you're just going to be employed, just make sure you enjoy what you're doing, stay humble, and, uh, you know... I don't really get high anymore, but let's get high. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you, you, built, you built an empire before. I'm rooting for you to do it again. Yeah. Can we, where can we find the book? Uh, you can go on Amazon. Just type in Eric Canori. The title of the book is Pressure. I have a website. That's Eric Canori, C-A-N-O-R-I. I'm the only Eric Canori in the world. should be easy to find. If you really like the book, DM me. I love hearing feedback. Um, let's hang out and uh, let's start slowing organically. That's how I started, bro. I started with 20, 20 bucks. I sold candy in school. I made 20 bucks. I took my 80 cents in lunch money, bought candy, sold it to my classmates in sixth grade, built up to 20 bucks, built up to 40. Then I had 100 bucks to buy an ounce of weed. Once I bought that ounce of weed, I turned it into 150 bucks, had free weed to get high, free Taco Bell, free candy. Start small and organic. Start small and organic, dude. Pure badassery to end the day here on the show. Eric, thanks for telling your story. Thanks for giving me your time. Thanks, man. Nick. Dude, appreciate it, guys. dude. Pleasure to meet Thank you. Thank you, Infuse. I appreciate it, guys. Peace. See you, guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, 
a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.